What's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Jonners. My name is Jonners and this is episode 18. Uh, today we're going to be focusing on the NXT UK show from Blackpool, England. Uh, it was taped uh, directly before the NXT UK TakeOver show last Saturday uh, and it aired on the WWE Network on the 16th of January. We'll also be taking a little look at NXT from For Sale from the same date. Uh, the NXT UK from the 16th of January features yet more action from Blackpool as I've just mentioned and if you haven't done so already, please go out of your way and listen to my full review of NXT UK TakeOver from the 12th of January, which was a show I was full of praise for, and I believe that my review on Wrestling with Jonas does that show some justice. Go out and give it a listen. At the end of this podcast, uh, you'll uh, uh, get a chance to listen to my thoughts on the Nigel McGuinness documentary, which aired on the WWE Network directly after NXT UK TakeOver last Saturday. So please uh, give that a listen towards the end of this episode. But first, NXT UK from the 16th of January. The show kicks off with a match between Liguero and Saxton Huxley. Huge El Liguero chance from the fans in Blackpool. And this match uh, would have been taped just before the main show uh, of TakeOver last Saturday night. The match starts with Huxley showing off his strength as he catches Liguero in midair before dumping him to the canvas for an early two count. Liguero starts to fire back with stiff kicks and chops to Huxley before drop kicking Huxley from the top rope for a two count of his own. This offence, however, was short-lived as he drives Liguero hard into the turnbuckles uh, but was unable to follow through with a powerbomb. Liguero eventually manages to fire back with a stunner and a springboard DDT for the 1-2-3 and the win. Vic Joseph and Nigel McGuinness describes that move as the CFL, the crazy four Liguero move. Uh, whatever it's called, it's definitely effective, bringing the win home for the Lee's Luchador in just under six minutes. Liguero is on a bit of a roll uh, with wins over Joseph, Joseph Connors and now Saxton Huxley. And from the response he gets every single week on NXT UK TV, he is clearly one of the more popular wrestlers on the show. Then we get a match, uh, once again, I believe it was taped just before the TakeOver show last Saturday, between Ginny and Isla Dawn. So a stunning entrance from the White Witch, Isla Dawn, as uh, she has had uh, a, a bit of a feud brewing with Ginny for a number of weeks now, with Ginny attacking Isla Dawn backstage, leading to this match here in front of the Blackpool crowd. Uh, Ginny is described as a former Progress Women's Champion after recently losing her title to Jordan Grace uh, on a recent Progress show. Uh, to start the match, Dawn is able to execute a gut-wrench suplex to her pair of flying knees for an early two count. Dawn works over the arm of Ginny uh, with a hammerlock and an armbar before Ginny hits um, it back uh, quite literally with uh, stiff forearms to the face of Dawn. Dawn is only too happy to give uh, back one back to Ginny as a receipt. However, uh, Ginny nails a hurricane runner on Dawn, followed by a stiff forearm in the corner before applying an abdominal stretch. Dawn makes a comeback with a jumping knee and a beautiful backdrop driver before applying uh, the, her Gory Guerrero special, uh, which Ginny is able to break away from before attempting a victory roll, but only for a two count. The end of the match comes when Ginny knocks Isla Dawn from the top turnbuckle before bringing Dawn back down to earth with an X-Factor uh, from out of the corner before the cover and getting the three count off of that move and the victory for the fashionista Ginny after only eight minutes. We then see a video of Travis Banks sending out a message to Jordan Devlin who puts Banks out of action, you may remember, just before their match, uh, or well, before the bell was able to start uh, TakeOver Blackpool last Saturday night, uh, before Finn Bella made his uh, extraordinary NXT UK debut to defeat Jordan Devlin. Travis Bank then went on to say that he wants Devlin in a match, and that match will be next week. Then we get a match between Mark Andrews 
and Flash Morgan Webster versus Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel. So this was one hell of a match. Um, you had a real treat if you was able to see this in person. And uh, it's a shame it wasn't on the main card. Uh, we've seen Andrews and Webster battle Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel in, uh, on a couple of occasions over recent weeks on NXT UK TV, leading to this match this week. Uh, Eichner and Bartel have formed an alliance on both NXT and NXT UK and are calling themselves the European Union and have uh, looked fairly promising in a few matches I've seen them in. Uh, we saw an NXT UK takeover the debut of Walter, who signed with WWE in November, along with uh, 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 along with former Axel Dieter Jr. Now Marcel Bartel, who's in this match, uh, they could reform their ring camp alliance uh, from the WXW in Germany. Speaking of WXW, there are very strong rumours that Ilya Dragunov um, has signed with the WWE to be part of the NXT UK roster. He was reportedly seen backstage in Blackpool where he signed with the company and will no doubt be a part of the NXT UK TV product once all of these independent dates have been fulfilled. Although he has been pulled from some of his independent dates in the coming weeks, adding further speculation that he has definitely signed with the WWE. Back to the match and both teams are making regular tags in this uh, exciting and fast-paced match. Webster certainly takes control of Eichner, drop-kicking him off the apron, followed with a hurricane runner on Bartel. However, Bartel slows the pace down, uh, putting the boots in on Webster before Andrews is finally tagged in for the hot tag. Mark Andrews nails Bartel with an enziguri before hitting a bulldog and an assisted 450 splash on Eichner for a two count. Uh, the European Union take control with a spinebuster and a soccer kick on Webster for a two count of their own. Uh, and in one of the highlights of the match, Bartel gets launched to the outside with the same fate dealt to Eichner off of a hurricane runner from Andrews before both Andrews and Morgan follow up with double somersault sentons over the top rope, nailing the heel combo on the outside to the loud approval of the fans in attendance. In a very hot sequence, Webster fails to execute his Eton rifle, instead getting launched into his partner, Mark Andrews, who is already on the top turnbuckle. Eichner hits a stunning lariat, turning Webster inside out, while Bartel hits a stiff integrity to Andrews before literally throwing him into the arms of Fabian Eichner, who executes a brain buster for a very, very close near fall. The fans are on their feet for that exchange and loud NXT chants as this match reaches fever pitch. Andrews manages to counter a brilliant leap in DDT onto Eichner before Webster hits a senton from the top rope onto the kneeling Marcel Bartel for another close near fall. All four guys are on their backs and this match would have been right at home on the main card as I mentioned earlier. Andrews hits a stun dog millionaire on Bartel but before he could follow up um, he is pulled to the outside by Eichner only to be rammed hard into the uh, barriers at ringside. Back in the ring, Bartel hits a basement drop kick on Morgan Webster before being smashed with a flying uppercut powerbomb combo from Bartel and Eichner onto Morgan Webster for the eventual pinfall victory. That was one hell of a match and could easily have been on the main show, uh, but I was more than happy to cover it here as uh, this one hour episode of NXT UK comes to an end. Uh, from next week, we will see matches from the night after Blackpool, uh, TakeOver Blackpool, the uh, Aftermath TV tapings. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to covering that set of tapings next week. And as I predicted, because they've finally caught up on all of the tapings they did from early on in the year uh, in the lead up to NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool, uh, it looks like we've got uh, just one hour episodes of NXT UK going forward, which makes it much more manageable and palatable for uh, NXT UK fans and might draw a few more uh, people into 
watched a show on the WWE Network without it being um, the lengthy two-hour episodes that we've been getting up until recently. So looking at uh, the NXT episode from Full Sail from the uh, 12th of January, we start with the Street Profits versus the Metro Brothers. Now, the Street Profits have been growing in popularity over recent months, not just with the NXT fans at Full Sail, but with a much wider audience. They are still the current Evolve Tag Team Champions and could be ready for NXT Tag Team Championship match soon, in my opinion. Uh, Chris and JC Metro make their uh, NXT debuts here and were trained by the legendary Dudley Boys and come out looking like the T-Birds from the movie Grease. Montez Ford is a lot of fun and definitely the one to watch out of this duo with his amazing athleticism uh, and the match doesn't go any longer than three minutes before Montez Ford's execute the highest of high frog splashes I have seen in a long long time for the easy three count however their celebrating doesn't last for long before they're viciously attacked by the forgotten sons a loud we forgot you chants from the NXT audience as all three members of the sons surround Ford and Dawkins in the centre of the ring setting up a feud between these two teams. We then see Matt Riddle alongside his friend, the limitless Keith Lee, uh, with the King of Bros explaining that he has not been cleared to be at ringside to cheer on his friend Keith Lee in his match against Cassius Ono later on tonight. But Riddle does end by saying to Lee, uh, save him some of Ono, bro. Uh, So a lot going on there between uh, those three when you throw Keith Lee into the mix. The new number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship, uh, Bianca Belair, makes her entrance uh, and she is soon greeted by the NXT Women's Champion, Shayna Baszler, and her horsewoman colleagues, Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke. Uh, the best line of this very heated confrontation between the two was when Baszler said that at the end of NXT TakeOver Phoenix, Belair will have to change her vocabulary from undefeated to overrated. Belair slaps the champ across the face before rolling out of the ring, adding further heat ahead of their confrontation at TakeOver in a couple of weeks' time, which we will be covering here on Wrestling With Jonas. Then we see a match between, right, let me get this right, Dominic Dijakovic versus Adrian Jow. Uh, the match went four minutes before Dijakovic hits his finish on his opponent, uh, Adrian Jow, called the Feast Your Eyes. It's a little bit like uh, uh, the Go To Sleep that CM Punk and... Um, Hideo Itami used to use. Nevertheless, it's a pretty impressive move and it certainly did the trick on uh, Adrian Jow on this occasion. It is then announced that the Undisputed Era will face off against War Raiders at TakeOver Phoenix. It will be uh, quite a fun, hard-hitting and fast-paced match. In uh, the first match we have seen from the War Raiders, or certainly the first match I can remember seeing them since TakeOver War Games back in November. The lineup for TakeOver Phoenix is looking pretty strong as you uh, might imagine from any TakeOver. The matches that have been announced so far for TakeOver Phoenix, Undisputed Era versus War Raiders for the NXT Tag Team Championships, that should be uh, a pretty good match. And I think if it follows in the vein of any previous Undisputed Era matches on a TakeOver, it will be pretty special. Shayna Baszler versus Bianca Belair. We've just spoken a little bit about their confrontation on this week's NXT. Um, and uh, that's for the Women's Championship. I think that's going to be an excellent match. I'm going to be doing a a full preview of all of these matches in uh, next week's episode um, in the run-up to TakeOver Phoenix, which is next Saturday, of course. Uh, The other match that's been announced is Alistair Black versus the NXT champion Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT Championship. And that's going to be an absolute um, off-the-charts 
match, which could be match of the night. Other matches are expected for TakeOver Phoenix. Um, we'll probably hear a little bit more about it in, in later on in this episode. But Johnny Gargano versus Ricochet for the North American Championship. That is uh, heavily rumoured. I would expect to see that on the card. And uh, another match between Matt Riddle and Cassio Sono. Definitely uh, another match to uh, to look forward to as their feud uh, heats up even more. We'll talk more about their feud later on in this episode. Then we get uh, a match between Johnny Gargano and Humberto Carrillo. So Carrillo really impressed me during this match with some excellent high-flying lucha-style wrestling, catching Gargano off guard for a couple of minutes, only for Gargano to hit his patented slingshot spear through the ropes to regain control over Carrillo. Carrillo did manage to perform a beautiful backspring elbow and a spinning somersault tope, followed by a missile dropkick and a standard moonsault for a near fall and a, a very close to upsetting Johnny Gargano. That could have been a major upset. Carrillo catches a pair of raised knees off of an att- attempted moonsault, allowing Gargano to taste blood and strike with a lawn dart sending Carrillo into the middle turnbuckle before ending the match with a slingshot DDT for the 1-2-3 and a hard-fought win for Johnny Gargano. Gargano then uh, grabs one of the microphones and sends out a message to Ricochet asking him if he wants his respect. Johnny tells Ricochet to be here next week and he will show him some respect. As Johnny leaves the ring, uh, he takes a a fan-made sign at ringside that says Johnny Freaking Wrestling. So is Gargano a heel or a babyface at the moment? It's a fantastic character development um, that has been fascinating to watch over the last few months. Gargano truly believes it's still the ultimate superhero babyface. And that uh, he's been misjudged by everyone around him. However, um, he has let his emotions get the better of him, especially during his feud with Tommaso Ciampa, to the point where he's let his emotions uh, get, the be- get the better of him. It's as plain and simple as that, showing a darker side of his character, appearing to be manipulated by his former best friend and more recent bitter, bitter enemy, Tommaso Ciampa, to the point where everyone is asking whether Gargano and Ciampa are more similar than they are different. This was a really fun match with Carrillo getting a great reception for the fans at Full Sail and putting a real show in against Johnny Wrestling. Carrillo would be a great addition to 205 Live and definitely showed me something during this match. Somebody is going to correct me now and say that Carrillo has already been on 205 Live. Then we see the puppet master himself, Tommaso Ciampa, backstage with his NXT Championship bout, Goldie. Uh, Tommaso kisses the bout before addressing Alistair Black. Tommaso says that... If he is the puppet master, then Black is definitely the ultimate puppet, as he is so gullible. He said that Black still doesn't understand the champ only wrestles on the biggest and grandest stages, and we are going to wait until TakeOver Phoenix. That's what a main event player does, uh, but I wouldn't expect you to understand that, Alistair Black. To close this backstage segment, Tommaso Ciampa tells Alistair to listen carefully to the champ and to be careful what you wish for. Then we get the main event of this week's NXT, Cassie Sono versus Keith Lee. So it's uh, fantastic to see Cassius getting more airtime and a storyline he uh, really appears to be getting his teeth into. Cassius, the uh, former Chris hero, was always the, the litmus test, uh, so to speak, um, for the likes of the Velveteen Dream and more recently Matt Riddle making their names off of wins against Cassius Ono. But uh, the story over recent months has been that he's fed up of being fodder for NXT's shiny new toys. And after his six-second loss to Riddle at TakeOver War Games, he is taking a stand. And tonight he goes up against Keith Lee, um, who is good friends with Matt Riddle, as we saw in a backstage segment earlier on, both behind the scenes and in storyline here on NXT. And it should be a fascinating match between these two uh, veterans of the, the indie circuit and uh, yeah, two excellent wrestlers. 
Keith Lee is amazing and he does things in the ring that a man of his size shouldn't be able to do. He demonstrates uh, this early with uh, early in the match with an impressive leapfrog, drop down and crossbody. Oh no, gets a, a little bit of momentum by tripping Lee over, um, followed by a series of big boots, vicious knees and uh, knees to the face, putting Keith Lee down to the canvas. Ono follows this up with a brutal senton for a two count. Cassius rocks Lee with a wicked forearm and a slap across the face before nailing Lee with a forearm to the back of the head uh, and covering for a two count. Following this, Ono goes for another senton, but Lee brings up his knees uh, to stop Ono's offence. Uh, Lee shows off his agility once again with a slingshot crossbody from the ring apron back into the ring for another two count of his own. Lee is an impressive figure in the ring. However, I don't think his character is quite clicking with the fans yet. Uh, certainly not in uh, full sale. Uh, in fact, I'm not sure what his character is. And maybe he needs to figure that out before he can be taken too seriously on NXT. Remember, he's been with the company uh, a little while now. Um, I'd say a good six months. And we're yet to see him on a TakeOver show. Lee hits Ono with a Mongolian double-handed chop before a huge pounce sending Ono across the ring before picking Ono up onto his shoulders, only for Ono to, ono to grab the top rope to avoid the move. The referee gets caught up in the mix when Ono shoves Keith Lee backwards. Uh, Keith Lee goes to check on the ref. Uh, ono gives Lee a low blow from behind and with Lee doubled over in wincing pain, Ono executes his rolling elbow finisher uh, before covering for the surprise victory. Pinfall here and we have it. Uh, uh, a much needed win for Cassius Ono and that will only add fuel to the feud um, between him and Matt Riddle as we head one step closer to NXT TakeOver Phoenix. That was a fun match that went about nine minutes and showed a turn of fortune for Cassius Ono, albeit by heelish means. Just then, when you think uh, that was the end, out comes an enraged Matt Riddle, upset over Ono's cheap victory over his friend Keith Lee. When Riddle uh, enters the ring, Ono quickly exits through the ropes to the outside to escape the advancing uh, King of Bros. We see Riddle checking on his friend Keith Lee in the centre of the ring as the show goes off air. So that was a, a, a fun hour of NXT. Um, I was quite impressed by Montez Ford in the opening squash match and uh, I, I did enjoy this closing segment also the, the match between Cassius Ono and Keith Lee a really fun nine minutes there Finishing Move Limited specialising in simple, stylish and versatile items to elevate your everyday check out their Instagram at Finishing Move Limited and find their elevated essentials range at finishingmovelimited.com going to have a little look at the Nigel McGuinness uh, documentary that aired on the WWE Network after TakeOver Blackpool last Saturday night. It's called Chasing the Magic. So Chasing the Magic follows Nigel McGuinness as he relives his wrestling past from a boy growing up to his days learning his craft as a young professional wrestler to being the Ring of Honor world champion. The documentary starts outside the Royal Albert Hall on the 18th of June 2018, ahead of the NXT UK shows to see who will be crowned the tournament winner to face the WWE UK champion Pete Dunne on night two of that two-night event at the Royal Albert Hall. Nigel talks about first discovering pro wrestling as a child when he was a big WWF uh, fan back in the early 90s. Nigel recounts um, a story of uh, watching a friend's VHS videotape for, of SummerSlam 1991 featuring the Hart Foundation versus Demolition. But uh, he really caught the wrestling bug when he attended SummerSlam 1992 at Wembley Stadium as a 15-year-old lad. 
We see pictures of Nigel growing up, a huge Ultimate Warrior fan with Warrior face paint. Uh, we see Nigel McGuinness, the entertainer in real life, especially with his card tricks. And he recounts uh, of, of getting blasted during TakeOver Chicago when Johnny Gargano threw Tommaso Ciampa over the announcer's desk, flooring the commentary team in the process. Nigel got his first big break with Les Thatcher, owner and trainer, HWA, where Nigel first stepped inside a wrestling ring. Uh, within a few months, he had his first match, which was also featured on the ABC 2020 show, where Nigel's start in pro wrestling was captured on national television in America. Nigel made the decision to jump to a ring of honour to make a name for himself on a bigger stage in order to get noticed by the WWE. We see clips of him clotheslining Kevin Steen, uh, now uh, Kevin Owens, of course, in WWE. And uh, Nigel begins his match versus Samoa Joe uh, to capture the pure title, which he uh, was champion of for 350 days. Then Daniel Bryan recalls his first match with Nigel McGuinness in a unification match for the Ring of Honor World Championship. The match took place at the Olympia in Liverpool on the 12th of August 2006 in a hard-fought match which elevated both wrestlers at the time. We see Daniel Bryan busting Nigel's head wide open on a couple of ring post shots and with blood pouring from his forehead, Daniel Bryan wins the match after placing McGuinness into a submission hold before striking with repeated elbows, uh, knocking Nigel McGuinness out for the win uh, in that epic match. Nigel McGuinness and Daniel Bryan then went on to have a historic feud uh, which got the attention of the whole wrestling world and helped to propel Nigel into the Ring of Honor world title scene with him eventually becoming the Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor's most respected champions of all time. Nigel explained that once the injuries started to pile up he started looking at his career asking himself how much longer he could continue doing this. He said that his body started to wear down to the point where he wanted to call an end to this hard-hitting matches in Ring of Honor and to move one step closer to living out his childhood dream of working for the WWE. We see Nigel McGuinness and Mario Ronaldo sitting in catering at the Royal Albert Hall ahead of uh, the Royal Albert Hall's shows in June, going through the matches and swatting up on the wrestlers and their moves. I found this bit uh, particularly interesting as Nigel says to Mauro that he spent over 50 hours preparing for the two days at the Royal Albert Hall. They would then check out the wrestlers' top moves on fan-made video clips on YouTube as part of their preparation. And I don't know why I found this bit fascinating. Uh, I know that the commentators spend uh, time with the wrestlers ahead of the shows to discuss their moves, uh, finishing moves, etc. And what they're called. However, I never imagined for whatever reason that they'd use fan-made videos on YouTube as a source of preparation material. Uh, it was established during the show that Zach Gibson's wrestling style is very reminiscent of Nigel McGuinness's, even down to their finishing holes, with Gibson being famous for the Shankly Gate submission, which Nigel invented and called the Lungeon Dungeon during his prime, which uh, during this clip we see him applying the move on Hideo Itani, um, the former Kenta, of course, back in their Ring of Honor days. Nigel recalls how he reached out to Tommy Dreamer, who was working for the WWE at the time, and the late, great Dusty Rhodes. And they were ready for uh, to offer McGuinness a WWE contract, as a matter of fact, to allow him to live out his dream. And that was the same time that Daniel Bryan was signed by the WWE as well. Bryan says in the documentary that he was dishonest during his physicals uh, about the injuries that he'd suffered prior to coming to the WWE, and that he ultimately ended up getting a contract. Although his dream was never to be a WWE performer, Brian said that he always loved working on the Indies. However, it was always Nigel's dream to be in the WWE. But when Nigel was asked about prior injuries, Nigel was 100% honest and told them about his bicep injury he'd suffered, suffered during his Ring of Honor days. 
the uh, WWE told Nigel to get bicep surgery, um, to get his bicep surgically repaired, and they would consider offering him a contract again after he was fully recovered from the operation. However, this was something that Nigel just couldn't afford at the time and didn't have medical insurance either. Nigel said that if he had lied and not mentioned the bicep on the physical, then he would have been fine. He would have been able to live out his dream, travel the world and make a ton of money. Daniel Bryan obviously went on to eventually become a household name and went on to become a multi-time world champion. Nigel called TNA and got hired as the character Desmond Wolfe, where he went on to face Kurt Angle in one of his first matches on TNA. Uh, Kurt was full of praise for Nigel, saying that... um, that was the first time that they had ever touched and went out and had an amazing match straight out the gate. And Nigel got diagnosed shortly after um, as having hepatitis B, which he more than likely got from the heart-hitting wrestling style, which had led to a number of very bloody matches on his time on the Indies and in Ring of Honor. He went through the process of thinking not only could his career be over, but also the condition um, could be life-threatening. Nigel said that he spent six months at home where he received treatment, causing him to not only be clear of the condition, but he ended up being immune to it. However, after getting the required treatment and being cleared of hepatitis B, TNA let him go. He couldn't afford the surgery that would possibly satisfy WWE, and even then there would be no guarantee that the WWE would still be interested in him. Nigel said that he couldn't go back to TNA, and that he didn't want to go back to Ring of Honor, and that he had no choice but to call it a day in the ring. It was the hardest decision that he ever had to make. He went on a retirement tour and decided to film it all, which he turned into the renowned documentary The Last of McGuinness. With many clips from that documentary featuring in this one that the WWE uh, did on Saturday night. We see McGuinness do his retirement tour with a part of him hoping that somebody would see this documentary uh, of this retirement tour and give him one final opportunity. And that it, it hope, he hoped that he would get the call from WWE that he always wanted. Nigel recalls uh, feeling like a failure at this time. We then see Trent Seven at the Royal Albert Hall recalling how much Nigel meant to him as a, a wrestler on the Indies. Uh, Trent was uh, one of Nigel's 12 opponents on his retirement tour in 2011. and uh, We see a shot of uh, Nigel in his hotel room just 24 hours after his final match on that retirement tour um, on the very evening that Daniel Bryan became the WWE World Heavyweight Champion for the first time. With Bryan doing what Nigel had always dreamed of doing himself. Nigel and Maro are seen talking at the commentary desk at the Royal Albert Hall uh, when Nigel talks being approached by Michael Cole to take on the commentary desk for the UK Championship Tournament in Blackpool back in 2017. Nigel had done some commentary for Ring of Honor previously and he says how Michael Cole had been uh, looking his way for a while before finally approaching him to do the UK Tournament in Blackpool. Michael Cole himself said that uh, he had known of Nigel for uh, quite a few years, having heard many great things about him from the likes of Daniel Bryan and Seth Rollins. Cole describes him as one of the best wrestlers never to have made it in the WWE. Uh, Nigel recounts getting the infamous call from Stanford, Connecticut, and Michael Cole uh, thinking at the time, from Michael Cole thinking it was uh, a rib at the time. We see clips of Nigel getting introduced at the press conference announcing the UK tournament in Blackpool. Um, This would have been in late 2016. And the introduction of Nigel McGuinness in front of the press. Nigel calls it vindication and a realisation of his childhood dream. Within a short space of time, he was doing NXT uh, main event shows, 205 Live, and as well as the NXT UK TV shows that we uh, watch nowadays, uh, all on the WWE Network. And uh, one of the 
best and most established commentators in the industry at the moment. Daniel Bryan there said that Nigel is now happier than he once was inside the ring. AJ Styles described Nigel's journey um, and, and what he's doing now in the WWE as inspiring. We see Nigel's commentating on the Cruiserweight match at WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans, which McGuinness calls the icing on the cake. Nigel said that he just wants to inspire people to live out their dreams and to enjoy the journey more than anything. The final words of the documentary was Nigel saying that he feels totally blessed and that was a great way to end this outstanding documentary. I definitely give this a huge thumbs up and this proves once again that WWE are producing some amazing exclusive content for the WWE Network. In the same vein as the 24 specials and the 365 series, this is a must-see special that if you haven't done so already, uh, go out and watch now. Uh, this gave us the opportunity to see the journey of one of the greatest wrestlers never to have made it in the WWE and now as an established part of the commentary team um, is now living out his dreams vicariously through the talent of the ring. It was great to see that Nigel was uh, happy and appeared to be content uh, with how things have turned out, despite all of the heartbreak and disappointment with having to retire prematurely back in 2011. This draws an end to this episode of Wrestling with Jonas. Um, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. And uh, if you have, please don't forget to hit subscribe, uh, shout about this podcast, tell your friends, tell your family. Keep listening to Wrestling with Jonas for all of your NXT UK, NXT updates, as well as uh, reviews from big shows from the WWE, New Japan and Progress Wrestling. You can listen to Wrestling with Jonas on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, YouTube, Stitcher and wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any questions or simply want to get in touch with Wrestling With Jonas, you can email the show at wrestlingwithjonas at gmail.com. That's wrestlingwithjonas at gmail.com. Visit our Twitter page and give us a, a follow there at withjonas underscore pod. You can uh, drop onto our YouTube page and look at all of uh, my wrestling videos from my time in New Orleans back in April. And all of the podcasts are up there as well. Just search Wrestling With Jonas. And you can follow us on Instagram um, at Wrestling With Jonas. That's Instagram.com forward slash Wrestling With Jonas. I'll be back next week for another episode of Wrestling With Jonas. So in the meantime, take care and see you all soon.